You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Excited. Welcome to another yeah. edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets okay. fan broadcast. I am your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and I am joined, as always, by my co-pilot, my right seater, and one of my very best friends, by the way. And I've got some interesting <laughs> intro music for him. So let's play that and get that keyed up here. Let's go. And of course, no, it's not going to work. So... Never mind. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin <laughs> Jackson. Weapons hot. Weapons hot. Once again, CJ, man, this is dope. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. It's a great day. Um, I'm really excited, man. This is a, a wonderful opportunity for us. Great platform. Um, I'm sorry I missed you guys last week. To be honest with you. I had some technical difficulties of my own, but uh, we're trying to work through these COVID things as they come. Um, CJ, I'm amped up, man. What do we do? Let's get it started. Where did we Absolutely. Start? So, you know, there, there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about tonight. And one of them is going to be obviously centered around the New York Jets defense. Now, you and I, a couple of shows ago, we had a wonderful gentleman on by the name of Robbie Sabo, who did some offensive assessments for us. Uh, and, you know, we, we actually had a nice, uh, a nice conversation with him. But I actually want to now focus shift gears on the defensive side of the ball now. So... I've got the dra- the uh, current roster slash depth chart in front of me, courtesy of CBSSports.com. And I'm going to throw a few names out there for you, and I want to see if you agree or disagree with the placement that CBS Sports has listed as far as the depth chart is concerned. And I see you already shaking your head over there, which I, which means yeah. that you, yeah. you being a former defensive player, okay, I'm sure that you probably have your thoughts that I you do. would like to share with all of us. So that's why I, I felt it important to save this part for you. So awesome. All right, so let's start with the with the the all important defensive line. All right. Okay. So at left defensive end, we've got Henry Anderson lift, listed as the starter. Nathan Shepard as his backup, and then third being Jordan Willis. Agree, disagree, like that order, not like that order? You know, at this point in time, I'll be honest, uh, just because I think Henry Anderson does have the the age and and, and the veteran, uh, I guess, benefit of the doubt over uh, Nathan Shepard, who honestly played some of his best ball last season. You know, I I think anybody who paid attention and and, and really – uh, was was not only following him because of him being a draft pick, but because of you know the backstory and all of that. I think he outplayed uh, Henry Anderson for the most part last season. We'll see how that works. Um, I'll be honest with you, it, it, it's one one a either way um, until Nathan Shepard shows that consistently he can be better than Henry Anderson. Henry Anderson does have the edge um, as far as the listing is concerned. 
Um, that doesn't mean anything as of right now. Uh, we haven't played a game. They haven't played a snap. We haven't seen a stretch. We haven't seen anything yet. So until that happens, um, I'll go with the list. I'll, 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 you know, I'll say that it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. But uh, were this a regular situation, unfortunately, because of COVID, it's not. Were this a regular situation, I do believe um, Nathan Shepard would have a, a really a good opportunity to overtake him and quite possibly could end up being the starter. We'll see how it works out. But for right now, I'll take it the way that it is. I do expect to see a swap. Um, the Wills kid, I'll just be honest, I'm not sure. Until we see more from him, I'm not sure what to expect anyway. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I think, though, I would flip-flop the starter and second. I think that Nathan Shepard I would start at left defensive end and put yeah. uh, Anderson as a backup. Um, Jordan Willis, again, I completely agree with you. Um, didn't really see enough of him to really make a fair assessment of it. So until training camp comes and until he has the opportunity to get out there and to show exactly what he can do with this Greg Williams defense, it'd be kind of unfair to kind of pop him in the mix as of yet. But again, it's going to be TBD to be determined. So, all right. right, So now at nose tackle, uh, the starter is Steve McClendon. uh, Backing him up is Foley Fatukasi. And then behind him, you've got, Sterling Johnson and Dominique Davis. Yeah. I don't even know who the last two guys are. I'll just be honest with you. Um, uh, Foley. Foley is a beast. But uh, McClendon, man, McClendon is McClendon is probably, I think, probably one of the most underrated uh, team leaders that we have uh, right now. Not only does he play well all the time, but, you know, he's a vocal leader. Um, he's one of the guys that, you know, you can count on to, to, to kind of do what it is that he needs to or, or say what it is that he needs to say. Um, I like that. Foley's a beast, though, man. I, 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 again, this is this is one of them situations where we have a young guy who's really making his name, who has who has, you know, some film to say that he's got some, you know, some talent. Um, we'll see how it works out, though. Uh, McClendon, I think, is still going to be the guy. And I don't think any, I don't think there should be any questions about if he is going to start or should he start. Um, they're both going to play at a high level. We noticed that last season. Um, how Greg Williams decides to use them, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But I, I do agree. If, if, if we're just going to look at the name, I don't really think there should be a question about that. Uh, McClendon has earned the spot. Foley is looking to push him. Um, but everybody else behind that, um, they're, they're actually – probably going to need to uh, to make themselves known in whatever way it is that they'll have an opportunity to this season if we do have a preseason at all. Yeah, I completely agree. Although, you know, I have to say one thing. One, one of my sleeper picks to really have a breakout season is going to be Foley Fatukasi. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see him start to get a little bit more playing time other than Steve McClendon. Because, dude, exactly. I really think that Foley Fatukasi is primed and ready to just completely take offensive lineman by storm i went on the let's talk jets podcast with uh, good friends of the show uh tyson roush kevin serkin and also mr tyrone johnson who who's also been a been a guest uh on weapons hot in in previous episodes and one of the things that i had said was i really think that foley fatukasi is ready to rip somebody's head off and poop down their neck they he he is ready uh, he's ready to take that next step. And I think in this Greg Williams defense, now that he's had the opportunity to really absorb and really chew on the defense, got the opportunity to play last year, really showed some good chops. Uh, I think he's ready to take that next step. I really do. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. Um, Listen, Foley, Foley has some film, man, that really kind of, that just, it, it makes you really 
think that this kid is going to, uh, like you say, he's going to he's going to turn the corner. Um, we really have a, a, a pretty solid nucleus. It's just just in the names that we've discussed so far. Uh, yeah, I, I think we got some guys that, uh, you know, we can be we can be excited about going forward. Yeah, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, uh, another thing, too, uh, Sterling Johnson and Dominique Davis, you know, although they are a couple of unknowns, uh, I really think that they still have the opportunity to, to come in and to make their presence felt and could could potentially be uh, good quality starting depth yeah. guys in case a McClendon were to go down. So, yeah. you know, we have we'll, a, we have an, we'll see. We do have an opportunity right now. And, and I think, again, just as a, as a realist and somebody who looks at these things and says, you know, we're coming from a situation where our roster was, was really naked a few years ago. Like we had a few guys sprinkled here and there, but the second tier, the third tier guys, they just weren't there. Um, some of the, some of these guys have an opportunity to step up. Our roster up, you know? was I mean, bare? Uh, uh, bare? It, it was, I mean, basically. Dude. I mean, we were, we we were, we were really a couple of bumps from under the bridge and brought him in and Crazy. put jerseys on him. <laughs> We we got we we did a few times. We did a few times. I think the same these thing. These guys have an opportunity to step up. Right. It, it, it's the truth. So all right. So moving on, right defensive end. We got Quentin Williams as the projected starter. John Franklin Myers. Uh and then in third, you've got uh Kyle Phillips and Bronson Kufasi. Both uh yeah. Phillips and Kufasi, very interesting. Both did yeah. show a lot of promise in limited playtime last year, and, and I really think that they have an opportunity to uh, to really step up and, and make some noise in this roster. What do you think? No, I agree with you wholeheartedly in that. Um, I actually did like Kyle. I, I thought that uh, when given an opportunity, I think he he kind of he showed exactly why it is that we you know he deserved uh, the spot on the roster. Um, just, just to wrap this up, because this is really simple. If Quentin Williams doesn't show up this year and doesn't play well, uh, the, the noise around if he's a bust or if it, if it was worth it, you know, for us to pick him where it is that we did is going to become deafening. So um, I'm expecting to see him step up. How much, how, you know, how high does he, you know, elevate this season? It's going to be a really important for us, uh, especially because there's going to be some other, you know, questionable spots on the defense going into – uh, after the COVID and, and, and contract seasons and all of that. I think Quentin Williams has an opportunity this season to step up. If he doesn't, it's going to be really, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that changes, how people start to look at him and, and how people start to discuss uh, our defensive line in, in general as a whole. Right. I completely agree with you. I mean, Quentin is, uh, Quentin Williams is primed to take a step forward and I think that he will. But he definitely is going to feel a little bit of pressure with especially the way that Kyle Phillips and Bronson Kufasi played last year. So I, yeah. I don't think that Quinnen's spot is guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that the gap between Williams, Kufasi, and Phillips is a lot closer than people are really giving looks at. Now, as Man. far as John Franklin Myers is concerned, we really haven't seen much tape on him, or I haven't seen yeah. much tape on him. So it'd be completely unfair to give an, an assessment on something that I haven't seen. But exactly. I, I would probably saw I, I would probably move maybe John Franklin Myers from the backup to Quinnen Williams. Possibly I'd move him to the third spot, and I'd put Phillips second. And yeah. maybe if there was like a two and two A, that's where I would put Kufasi, if it were yeah. up to me. I would agree with that. And and if I didn't make that clear, I, I do think Phillips is number two for me. Um, 
it's going to be really exciting to see how Quinnen shapes up, though, man. I mean, you know, we, we've seen the social media posting. We, we've seen the guys come and say that, you know, they've seen him firsthand uh, mm-hmm. show that he's putting in the work physically. Oh, yeah, he, he is – he is just – he's been an absolute gym rat this Absolutely. past offseason. He has done nothing but working on getting his physique, working uh, working on technique. So exactly. it, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he could actually take that. He can and, 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 and translate and, it into actual production on the field. Right. Um, the, the kids, the kids are beast. I mean, we, we saw the college film and you're looking at the college film and you're saying, wow, I mean, this is what jumps out at you as why he was such a high draft pick. Why, even though there were some questions, should we have taken, you know, the other uh, guy who ended up in Buffalo that season? Should we have taken him oh, instead of actually taking Quinn? But yeah, man, who I, who I really liked, I'll be honest. I did have both of those guys as, as, you know, as, as, you know, if, if we took either of them, I would have been happy. Um, Ed's done a little bit more so far uh, than Quinnen's done, but this is an opportunity right now for Quinnen to solidify, you know, that that value. Um, it, it's not like we haven't seen him play well. We just haven't seen him play well consistently. We haven't seen him do enough to justify that high, high first round pick um, this season. Uh, to your point, if he does it, we're in good shape. If not, man, it's going to be it's going to be a little ugly going off into the next season. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it, it, there's going to be some time. You know, it, it's going to be something that they're going to have to figure out. But again, you know, with the limited playing time that they have for training camp, you know, training camp opens up on July 28th. It's a short time yeah. away. So, and I know that later in the Probably show, weeks. there's some other so, some other topics that I want to bring up in regards yeah. to uh, NFL training camp, which I, I'm really interested to get your opinion on. So, uh, now we move from the defensive line now to the linebacking core. All right, so left inside linebacker, we've got C.J. Mosley as the starter. We've got B.J. Bellow backing him up. And then uh, behind B.J. Bellow, you have James Burgess. Okay, okay. Wow, Burgess is number three, huh? Um, I think I think Burgess showed up quite a bit last season in, in, in a lot of film. I I, I kind of was, was cautioned against just uh, thinking that that meant he, he played well, but um, if you're always around the ball, if you're always making tackles, it's really kind of hard to to question that. So, um, I, I I would maybe swap Burgess um, and Bellows at at two and three, um, but uh, you know, come on now, C.J. Mosley, perennial Pro Bowler, All Pro, uh, one of one of the top, uh, if if not the very best po- player has position in the league, um, coming off an injury, obviously. But uh, if the pedigree is the same, if what it is that we're expecting to get from him is what it is that we 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 do get. Um, then he'll be justified in that first spot. Um, I do like Burgess. Uh, I, I really kind of do. I, I think he he kind of sneaky jumps off, uh, jumps off the tape at you every now and again. Even though he does um, put himself in position quite often. Uh, Bello, I don't know. We'll see how Bello works out. I, I'm not sure if I saw enough from him um, to say that I would put him ahead of uh, uh, of Burgess. But uh, I think we're we're pretty solid in our linebacking core. I mean, even even the the lower tier guys. Uh, they can still play ball. Um, I wouldn't think they should be starters like what it is that we saw uh, when Burgess had some opportunities last season. But uh, uh, as a backup, I think they're, they're they're really solid. I think they're really strong. I think all three of these, or how many of our, uh, you know, linebacker positions we want to break down. Um, I, I, I honestly, I think this is going to be strong. I think uh, we're going to have some 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 competition for which one of these groups is going to be the strongest on the team. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network with CJ the Painkiller, D. Simone, and Mr. Kevin Jackson. So, the moving on, as we uh, continue to 
talk about the defense, all right? Uh, yeah. Just r- really quick before I go to the right inside linebacker, you know, I probably would flip Bellow and Burgess, to be honest with you, yeah. behind Mosley, because I think that Burgess would be more adept to slide into the starter's role just in case if something were to happen to Mosley. It's going to be a question whether or not Mosley's going to come back 100%. He's already said he's 100%. But really what's going to dictate it is, like we've been saying for weeks now, when the rubber meets the road. So get out there on the practice field. Get out there in in a preseason game and show me what you can do. You know, shake that rust off because if all goes the way that the NFL is predicting that it'll go, that the season should be starting on time. So I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical about that. I think it will. But – I'm curious to see what training camp is going to look like. This so, is this is going to be a this is going to be interesting, and I, and I know we'll have this conversation again a few different times, uh, just because I'm not sure if I've seen enough planned from the league at this point, from teams at the point to say that uh, you know I feel confident they'll be able to even work around some of the issues that we know are going to come. Um, this is a situation that we've never lived through before, COVID-19. It's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, the respiratory issues that come with this, some of the long-term effects um, that, that, that could possibly come even from people who may be asymptomatic, um, which, which is difficult to say because, I mean, it, it's an internal thing. You know, you uh, too, too deep to go in. But just, just what I mean. I'm not sure if I've heard enough from the league to say that all of those things have been worked out enough for everyone to feel confident, to say that games are going to continue. Teams are going to be able to move forward without hiccups. I, th- I think it's going to be shaky at best. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, again, we, t- we talked about uh, what well, I talked about last week about the NFL's uh, protocol on COVID. So, you know, again, I don't I don't want to spoil that segment yet. Um, yeah. Because we're, we're kind of we're, we're kind of not at that point, because that's that's going to be a, a rather deep topic of conversation. So we'll keep moving on with the uh, with the defense here. Now for right inside linebacker, they've got Avery Williamson as the starter. Uh, Patrick yeah. Owasor, I know I just completely butchered Owasor, his name. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Blake Cashman as the as the third. What's your yeah. uh, what's your thoughts on that? I, I think you're going to have plenty of opportunities to to get that young man's name right uh, because I think he's going to I think he's going to play well for us. I really do. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, on Wasor, if if I'm pronouncing it correctly, which I I might be messing it up. Uh, respect, excuse me if I am. Um, I, I'm a little nervous about putting Avery there, even though I want to put Avery there as the starter as of right now. If he does come back, if he is healthy. Um, I think he makes us exponentially better in the middle. And I, I know that that's a lot. I know that's big. Um, but I, I just think the kid has it. Um, I, just in, in remembering what I was watching when he was coming from Tennessee, I really do think that the kid has it. I think he has exactly what it is that we need. And, and, and when you have such an intuitive defensive scheme, like what Greg Williams wants to put together, surrounded by the players that we are going to have, I think Avery Williams is go- Williamson excuse me, is going to be um, I think he's going to be a, a stalwart for us. Um, I'm, I, I pray that he comes back healthy um, because if he does, we're that much better. Amasura, again, uh, a solid guy. Um, if he needs to be a starter, I think that he could. I don't necessarily think that's the the, the best possible place for him right now, um, but I do like him. I do think that he's going to contribute as well. Um, 
we're gonna see what uh, we're gonna see what what Young Blake does, man. Um, I, I I saw some things last season. I think uh, you know we're positive. I just wasn't you know completely sold. I'll just be honest with you, as if he's a, if he's starting uh, caliber, uh, solid backup at this point. Um, the injury thing, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, the injury thing is uh, is questionable for him because uh, he has some issues like uh, in college also. Um, again. We've got guys. Our linebacking core is solid, man. These guys can ball. All of them, really. There, we, we've got some guys. Um, I, I think that uh, Mosley should be the starter. If, if Williamson, if Williamson is healthy, I think he should be the starter. Just to, to kind of touch where uh, where we're at right now, um, I, I I think we're in good shape. I really do think we're in good shape uh, in in, the, in our linebacking core. So let me ask you a question. All right, real quick, just a sidebar. Uh, honest opinion. You see the Jets dealing Avery Williamson during training camp or not? I, I honestly think that uh, I think it's tempting um, because I think other teams uh, recognize his his value, and I think that if they give him something, um, especially understanding how we're still in a building role and still uh, in a building model right now, um, depending upon what they give up, I think it will be difficult for for uh, Joe not to listen. I hope he doesn't trade him. I'll just be honest. I hope he doesn't trade him. Um, but I think that he, he's valuable enough where. If somebody comes calling, you have to listen. You you, you kind of have to take it because I think that what somebody would offer would be worth us, uh, you know, accepting. The, 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 Williamson's he's he's one of my guys, man. I, I really like the kid. I hope he plays well. Yeah, I've uh, I've got no problem with this depth chart right here. I mean, if Avery Williamson ends up staying on this roster and he is on the Week One roster, then you know I I, I think this would this would be fine. I would have zero issue with this depth chart right here. Uh, now we're going to the strong side linebacker. Uh, Jordan Jenkins is the starter. Frankie Luvu and behind, uh, behind him, uh, we've got Harvey Lange and Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff yeah. is interesting because he's somebody that, you know, the undrafted free agent, may, uh, yeah. making some noise, making some cases that he probably should have been drafted. Yeah. So... And uh, believe it or not, he's actually starting to uh, to to generate a little fan buzz uh, yeah. with uh, Jets Nation. So, what do you think? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say this, and and you know we 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 kind of beat up Mike McCagden, and I think uh, rightfully so. But uh, there's some players on this team, and that uh, that have an opportunity. Oh, dude, to, I do to, not to apologize really for beating up Mike him. McCagden. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I I, I, don't, I don't think we should. Like I said, I don't think we should. Um, but 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 he brought some guys in, and uh, you know, with that being said, uh, that's going to be another situation. Uh, let let let's just let's move because this is important for me. Um, Huff, I think Huff really has an opportunity. This is again, this is a, a a hard call because us having this conversation when there really hasn't been much football. There really hasn't been any football played, but there really hasn't been much uh, way for us to even tell who's going to do what and, and where everybody is at, even mentally as of right now, because we really haven't started any team activities. Um, I like the names. Um, and again, this is just going back to the point that I was making about our linebacker being stacked right now. But adding Bryce Huff to the mix in this, man, um, this is this is the powder keg type of kid. Um, you know, it, it, you, you set him on fire and uh, and he explodes and then, you know, it, it's, a, it's a mess going forward. And uh, and our, our defense really is just that much better. Um, I, I really I have an expectation that the, the depth chart for our linebacking 
core overall from each position. I think it's going to rotate as as the season goes on. I think Greg Williams is going to find ways to use these guys. Um, I think they're all going to uh, demonstrate some of what makes them different and, and some of what makes them the same. Um, but um, I really do think that we're stacked in this position, man. All of those names, all of those guys can contribute, whether it be, you know, in rotation or special teams. I really do think we're set. I th- th- this is a great co- conversation for us to have right now, though, CJ. It really is great teams, great players. We have an opportunity to do some things. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I, I don't have any issue with this depth chart, the way that it's currently um, constructed. I, I am looking forward to seeing Bryce Huff take the field yes. in in a New York Jets uniform and curious to see exactly what it is that he can bring to the table. And I think depending upon whether or not he can make yeah, the most out of his reps um, that, that he's given both, you know, in training camp and also during yes. preseason, if there is a preseason, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how this kid, uh, how this kid pans out. So I'm, 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 yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. Have, I can't yeah, wait. I, I, I think we should be. We should be, CJ. We, we should be excited. But, we, but we're Jets fans. We should also be cautious. Right. You know, I, 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 I said this before, and, and uh, just real quick, um, expectations are difficult for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> expectations are difficult for us, man. Uh, right, because, well, that's what uh, you know, we, we really think. From a concept out of post stress disorder. So, I mean, come on now. Exactly. With Jet Exactly. So, yeah. 80 years of fandom between you and I just here. So, imagine the people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, thousands of years worth of grief out there. We, again, if we always say this, we get a new regime, we get a new front office. We get If these guys can be guys, if they can turn around – um, we can actually see ourselves being in a really good position right now. Joe Douglas, I like what he's doing. Um, we'll see what happens uh, with the coaching situation. But as of right now, with the players that we brought in, if we're just talking about it from a personnel standpoint, um, I, I, I like our guys. Uh, we don't have a lot. Like I said, we, we may not have, uh, you know, a lot of superstars. But if we have a lot of guys that can get the job done, that's really what it is that you need to win. And that, that's uh, the Patriots have done that for, for years. So um, I think we're, we're in a pretty good position right now. I like these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's go to the weak side linebacker, and uh, I'm I'm very interested to hear yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. take on this one. <laughs> okay, for starter, Jabari Zuniga, my boy from the University of Florida. All right, Terrell Basham, backing him up, and then you have Ahmad Gooden and Wyatt Ray. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I like Ahmad Gooden. Just give me a minute on that. What, what, that. I think I think if when we see them them play, I think he's got some physical attributes that will make him stand out. We'll see how that works again. But um, as far as the starters concerned, uh, Jabari Zuniga, if he can play uh, even similarly to what it similarly, excuse me, to what it is that we get from Jordan Jenkins on the other side, um, our defense is going to be filthy. Our defense is going to be disgusting. It will be top ten defense, and and I'm just I'm just going to say that with all confidence because I really do believe that that's the case. Um, Zuniga is an interesting player right now. To give him the starting role, I think that speaks volumes about what they what they think about this kid. Um, even before they see him, um, I do like Basham, and I mean, I, again, in the media, we they've talked about some of what it is that these guys did last season mm-hmm. in roles that you know they probably shouldn't have been in as starters. But um, again, these guys aren't supposed to be starters, and we still what's top seven defense. So 
I mean, think about that now to say that we bring in guys that are better than that, that are going to be consistently better than that and, and still have these guys on the team. We're going to kill. Um, I, I like this uh, again. And if what the 457 time I've said it today, I think our linebacker room is stacked, man. I think we really are um, in a really good position. And, and that's even before we got to, to the addition of Jabari Zuniga, who is, is quite possibly an X factor and that has the skill and talent to really, you know, especially in this defense to, to make some serious noise. Um, and when you can't double team them because, you know, you got guys on the other side, you got guys that, you know, in the safety position that also, um, you know, kind of add pressure, put pressure. Man, this is going to be ugly. It really could be. Well, it could be ugly in a good way for the New York Jets. Uh, uh, now, as far as that uh, rotation is concerned, you know, I think I'll put going off of your assessment of Ahmad Gooden, I think we'll put him at, we'll, we'll put Basham at two and put Gooden at 2A for yeah. all for all fairness. Yeah. And then Wyatt I, Ray, I again, that. I've never seen him play. I haven't seen Gooden play, but if you're you're giving him a glowing... A no, glowing I... I I, I I think I, I watched a little bit of uh, of them and uh, you know when you, when you hear a name it, it sparks your interest. I did, have I heard that name before? I'm not gonna say he's a you know huge uh, huge name, uh, but I think again we've got guys, man. I think we have guys that physically are talented enough to make plays. I think uh, the coaching situation is gonna be interesting, but to have these guys in the mix, I think it's important. Um, the undrafted free agents, um, I think some of those guys are, are are gonna be able to make noise even if it's not here. Think some of those guys might you, you're going to end up still seeing some of their names uh, around the league after um, this season is up. All right. Well, now that takes care of the linebacking course. So now we're going to switch gears to the secondary. As we look at that. So let's start with the right cornerback. Okay, yeah. we've got Bless on Austin as the starter. Brian Poole backing yeah. him up. And then an interesting battle for the third. Quincy Wilson, Nate Hairston, Javelin Guidry, and Shaheen Carter. Yeah. Um, there's too many names there, and I'm just going to keep it real. At this point, um, we know that uh, Brian Poole is, is, is our A number one slot receiver. Uh, uh, slots, uh, slot corner, excuse me, pardon me. Um, and uh, with that being said, I think that changes how it is that you look at the names on the list. Uh, if Bless can stay healthy, um, we'll see what it is that he can do. He, he played well in spots last season, but obviously a really small sample size, and we've actually added uh, quite a bit of competition in the room as of right now. Um, I still am afraid of uh, double surgeries on that same, uh, you know, on, on the legs. So um, to me, that is a, a huge red flag. I don't want to jinx the kid because I love the way that he played as a cornerback myself. Um, I, he, he's got he's got the right attitude, um, and if he can if he can stay healthy, um, I think he can actually step up and be the guy that we need. Um, all of the names: Javelin Gidry, Quincy Wilson, um, you know, Hairston, Mallet, uh, and I, I know we, we've got different sides, but but with as much competition as what was added, um, coming from the bare cupboard that, like like I said, we we talked about earlier that we had, um, all of these names are interesting. Um, all of them are interesting because we don't know, man. Uh, from year to year, these these young guys step up. Um, the 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 skill sets change because the the, the receivers, uh, you know, the offenses are changing. Um, you know, we've got some some speedy guys. We've got some long guys. We've got guys that can you know pre uh, press man. We've got guys that you know are, are suited to play zone. Uh, we've got a lot of competition, and this po uh, position in particular is one that's going to be up in the air. 
Um, would I put Bless as number one right now? I don't know. Um, Pierre Desir is here. Um, we don't know where they're going to put him. Um, again, we just re-signed Marlette. We don't know what's going on with that. Harrison's here. Harrison played uh, well again in pieces uh, last season, maybe not just enough to stand out. Um, but, you know, we, we also know that Bless got benched last season, and uh, we don't know really the, the, the extent of how that's going to impact what happens going forward. Um, there's a lot of names, CJ. I don't want to talk about that all day. Uh, because I could say that all of them have, um, you know, all of them have a shot. Um, some maybe more than others, but um, all that name, the, all of that list is intriguing. Um, as of right now, I, I would want to give Bless the, uh, the benefit of the doubt. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, the, uh, you know, as far as the names on this list, believe it or not, I mean, for the depth chart, I think that Quincy Wilson does – deserve to be at the at the top of the three spot now Hairston just because he's been on the roster I mean he played decent in in spots yeah, last year in but spots. I still don't think personally that he's guaranteed a roster spot so no, no, no. and I'm curious no. to see exactly how Gidry and Carter will perform but I think if if there's one thing that I would change I would maybe swap Poole, have him start, and have Austin back him up. Only, not because of talent, because of experience. I think yeah, that Poole's I, I think got the upper hand things. as far as the experience is concerned. I think that there are a lot of different things that they can do and with Poole. And, and I do believe, bless Austin, can eventually take that starting role. I do. Yeah. I I think at some point during the season, that starting role is going to be given he to will. Bless Austin. Now the question is, can he build off the progress that he had last year? Yeah. Can he eliminate some of the mental mistakes that he made last year, which caused him caused him to get benched? So that's a that's a big. Yeah, a big he's thing. a rookie. So he's a, he's a he's a rookie. He's a rookie coming in with uh, with uh, less experience because of the injury. Right. Um, if he can step up, I think he takes the starting spot. Um, we'll, we'll see again. We'll see if he stays. All right. So now, as we move on to the left cornerback position, uh, you're looking at Pierre Desir as your starter, which that makes sense. Uh, Arthur Millette backing him up, and then coming down to Bryce Hall, Lamar Jackson, and Kyron Brown. What are your thoughts? A lot of names, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of uncertainty, um, but uh, what, what I guess should be a lot of excitement because I'll be honest with you, when you have many names and that many guys that are, are similar, uh, similarly talented, I guess, um, in a situation where um, your flexibility and your versatility, I think, will be beneficial for you, especially uh, in a great way you I think this is going to be crazy. Um, there's too many names right now. I'll just be honest with you. There's, there's so many names. Are we going to carry eight DBs, you know, next season? Um, a lot of guys. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I would love to have this conversation if it was the second or third game of preseason and we had, you know, some some channels and, uh, to, to go through and, and, and to, you know, inspect and dissect. Um, because we do have talent guys. Um, a lot of these guys were on a lot of these radars and for good reason. 
Um, and especially where we're coming from last season, where again, we had so much, we had we had Tremaine Johnson, who's a, a forty million dollar cornerback, who was literally uh, probably the worst on the roster, a scrub. Oh my God! We added what a lot a, of guys. We'll see how What an albatross of a contract that Rose was! And I mean, True Trumaine Johnson was just oh, yeah, he was um, god awful. He, he he was god awful. You know, it 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 it, it, it was almost embarrassing. Yeah. And he deserved to get benched last year, and, and and I'm glad that they did because I think that he would, it was. They would have continued to they would have continued to play him. You know, it, it probably would have been a lot worse than it originally was. Because I mean, the whole purpose that Trumaine Johnson was excited about Greg Williams coming here was he had some of his best seasons under Greg Williams, and, and it's like, well, Greg Williams is here. What's your excuse now? Yeah. You know, you got paid a monster contract to perform, and you didn't. Yeah. And, and these are some of the things where I get sick and tired of saying that the New York Jets are the old-age retirement home for the NFL. Players that have lost a step are on the downslope of their career. I see you laughing over there, but you know yeah. it's true, okay? They pass out Geritol in the locker rooms, all right? Come on, now, we've, we, we, we've had this conversation, okay? I mean, the, the right. New York Jets are not the old-age retirement home of the NFL, we can't just continue to sign people because they're big name and their ha and their best days are behind them. So we can't. We need to put a competitive product on the field. Okay, not a geriatric team. We knew, we knew, and 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 as of right now, I think that that again is part of I think what Joe Douglas has done this past offseason with uh, the draft picks he did. This, uh, this is what we were hoping to see. This is kind of what it is that we've needed over the course of these past seasons that we've seen. Um, you, know, you know, what the uh, 30 on, on, on that McCagney draft uh, class were no idea. Uh, or excuse me, the uh, draft uh, If Joe Douglas can continue to build the foundation of this the way that we're seeing. Um, with a couple of seasons, I don't think there's going to be a question. That, uh, we'll have the most of rosters that the narrative around how it is that we do every single change. Um, I like a lot of the names. We just need to see if things are going to, or excuse me, if those players are going to uh, translate into consistent uh, play. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and <laughs> dude, I'm sitting here trying to contain my laughter over here because it sounds like that Skynet's trying to take over your video feed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you were starting to sound like Robocop there for a little bit. <laughs> I was about to say, he's breaking up right breaking it <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you good now. So, I think maybe Is just... Is that the... me? Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking... I'm. Yeah, but say I'm I'm looking pretty good over here. I don't have any lag. It 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 popped into and then it just came right back in. <laughs> so that's okay. All right, tinker tinker around with your settings. We'll Not we'll good. keep going on. Now we'll start talking about the the strong safeties. Okay, yeah. Jamal Adams as your starter, Marcus May right behind him, and then Bennett Jackson. Problem with that rotation or not? I 
think so. Um, I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I think that, uh, again, uh, we've got guys that are capable. We'll see who needs to, to step up and, and better um, to, to, to separate their or to distinguish themselves as, as the constant guy or the, the continuous guy. Um, but I think that uh, all those all of those guys have an opportunity to, to play well. Um, I think we're, we're probably going to have a, a, a committee defense. Um, we'll have the, the big names, the, the Moseys, the Adams, we'll have Mays, we'll have the Williamsons. Um, I think we'll have the Williams if, if Quinnen does well, or we'll have Clendons. We'll have those guys that are mainstay names. But as far as our defensive backfield turned, all of those guys are going to be new guys. So they're going to be guys that, you know, we haven't um, had play well here because they haven't been here. Um, so we'll see how, how they actually, how the final product looks. Um, but I'll just be honest. I think uh, we do have a lot of guys that do take this on occasion. They don't have to be great every single play. Um, and I think we have guys who can actually do that. I, I, as far as, far as the, the chart is concerned, uh, again, um, I think there's going to be some swap. I think there's going to be some flip. I don't. I think that anybody's going to be the same. I think it's all going to. It's going to be a rotation. Everybody's going to play well at in spots. That's what I, right. that's what I, I believe. Yeah. Speaking of which, now speaking of rotation, this is where we're going to go into free safety. Now, you have Marcus May actually starting as your free safety. Okay, Ashton Davis okay. behind him, which I kind of like. All right, and then you have uh, Matthias Farley and then Anthony Siafi. Now, Anthony Siafi, I've heard a lot of very good things about him. Very good in pass coverage. Can also play very well in run support. So, kind of want to get your uh, gauge on what do you think? Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I like Jaffe. Um, was a, there was a, a, a time last season, and I'm just – running through something because it, it, it's popping into my head right now. But we were watching a little film, and we kind of noticed that that uh, he was making plays here, he's making plays there. Um, and and I, I think, again, when you're talking about building the, the defense the way that we need to, you have a guy that can, can pop and make plays um, in, in spots. And we noticed, again, the same, uh, the same with Burgess, the same with Basham, the same with – uh, the same Kyle uh, uh, Kyle Phillips. Uh, this uh, the same with Cleefa uh, um, Kasi, The same with Nathan Shepard. These guys were popping and were making plays, you know. And 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 it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is a this is new for us. You know, we we didn't have this before. These are new guys, young guys, qualifiable guys, thirsty, hungry guys. All of these names, they're all kind of putting me in the same mind. Like, um, any questions about the New York Jets going forward? Uh, and and the product that we put on the field, I think, is not going to be a part of the defense, or I don't think it's actually going to be part of the special teams. I um, mean, I know this is a defensive show, and I know we 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 should be addressing it, we should be talking about it, and that we'll continue to. But if I have a question, if there's a negative aspect of anything about this team going forward, it's going to be the offense. The defense, I'm going to be honest, I think we are top five defense. I think yes. so. One yes. of the best defenses Thank in the league. You. I think I think I, I, I think we're we're gonna be in that conversation. I, I think that's where we're gonna be. Um so so see. Um uh, again, you keep throwing these names, I'm just thinking that they're done behind some of these guys. There's number on some of these guys. There's 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 a, a history of, of plays for guys that 
were making plays in a starter role that weren't they, not starters. You know, they shouldn't have been starters. And now we've got guys that are better that are going to be starters. But the second tier, the third tier guys, now they can fall back into those roles and make plays when they need to. And if that's what it is that we, we have, um, I think there's going to be some people that are going to look at this defense next season and be like, I don't necessarily know if Kansas City is going to run all over us like, uh, like Kansas City ran all over some teams last season. I think Kansas City is going to look at our defense and be like, you know, if we don't play our A game, the Jets are going to kick our ass. Yeah, and you know what? I agree. That's uh, You know, I made an appearance yesterday on Courtney Harden's podcast called The Real Deal. I invite everyone to go and check it out. And I, I had the privilege of being good able spot, to talk good about spot. The, I had the, the privilege of being able to talk about the New York Jets defense a little bit on there. And just like you said, a top five defense, I believe they can be a top five defense. And also, as, in regards to the New York Jets schedule, and uh, I made a comment about this on Facebook earlier today. I really don't think that this schedule is as bad as people are making it out to be. I really don't. I think that they're just looking at this mountain from, from a way where everyone just wants to be negative when it comes to the New York Jets. Oh, the Jets are going to have issues with this. The Jets are going to have issues with that. The Jets are going to have issues with the other thing. And it's all based on how the team performed last year. All right. Well, the team's offense stunk last year, except for certain games like the Dallas Cowboy game, the Washington Redskins game, the Oakland Raiders game, but we still showed up to play, and we still ended up finishing our season 6-2. and two. Granted, we finished the year playing the junior varsity builds in a game that they really didn't need, but who cares? You play who's on your schedule, all right? Yeah. And yeah. the games really that kind of interest me that are going to be a real true litmus test for this New York Jets football team are the San Francisco 49ers on week two, all right? The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs later in the season, the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, because they're two big question marks. Two teams that they've made a lot of changes, yeah. but the arrows are pointing in the right direction. And the Broncos have always had a tough defense. The Cardinals and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury down there. Kyler Murray exactly. is, is a dangerous quarterback. But we, we really don't know we're gonna what we're going to get with him. But, I mean, you go and you take a look at some of the other we're teams. We're going to be tested week to week. Yeah. Right. And here, here's another thing, too. When you go and take a look at the Jets' schedule, against the AFC East... At the minimum, I expect the Jets to go three and three, possibly four and two. I expect them to sweep the Dolphins, even though the Dolphins are much improved. I just don't think that the Dolphins are are where the, where I believe the Jets are right now. They added a lot of pieces. They have the potential to be very good, but I think that this New York Jets team, on paper, if they perform the way that they're supposed to. We should be able to take care of business against the Dolphins. We should be able to, to split against the Buffalo Bills, which we seem to do every year. And we should be able to split against the Cam, now Cam Newton-led New England Patriots, where we don't even know what type of Cam Newton's going to show up. You know, and, and, and I'll put this out there, too, because everybody seems to there's, there's no be jumping on the, on the New England Patriot bandwagon again. Ooh, the Patriots are back. 
Yeah. Ooh, Tim Newton, <laughs> Belichick. Ooh, listen, okay. Since yeah. Cam Newton played in the Super Bowl, and there are stats to go and back this up. Cam Newton, every year since he played in the Super in the Super Bowl, has taken a step back. And on top of it, he's got a list Frank injury, which is very very difficult to come back from in this league. What yeah. type of offense do the New yeah. England Patriots like to like to run? They like to run a ground and pound offense. Why? Because they want to control the clock. Because the longer they grind your defense into the ground, the more they can take advantage of you. Okay? And this is where the New York Jets defense has to grow a set of balls and get those three and outs when you yeah. need the three and outs the most. Because we are not going to win football games spending 60 to 70% of our defense on the field. We've had this talk for the past 10 years. Absolutely. It's been the same garbage. Absolutely. 10 years. Okay, and what do we do? Oh, let's bring an offensive-minded coach in. He's got his head so far up his ass, you turn him sideways, <laughs> he looks like the letter Q. I mean, really. And everybody wants to blame Sam Darnold. Oh, Sam Darnold's a bust. Sam Darnold's a bust. Look yeah. what Sam Darnold's got to work yeah. with. The 31st ranked and the 32nd ranked offensive line. Do you think if I put Patrick Mahomes behind the Jets offensive line last year that took the field, do you think Patrick Mahomes has the stats that he has last year? Tell me the truth. No. Right. Yeah, the answer no. is a big no. fat no. no okay? No. You put Tom no. Brady behind no. this for, uh, behind this offensive line. Does Tom Brady have the stats that he has last year? No. No. Okay. We gonna who else do you want no, me to put? No in? one. Do you want me to put Russell no Wilson in? Do you want me to put uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in? Name Doesn't make a difference. Breeze. Name your quarterback. Doesn't make a difference. Right. So how can we Doesn't consciously sit here and say that Sam Darnold is a bust when you give him nothing to work with? Yeah. How? That's premature. We obviously know that's premature. There's, there's, right. there's no way somebody can expect that something like that uh, is, is is realistic. So we'll 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 give to, give to this. Um, we have an opportunity right now. Just if 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 the the, the defense can be a can be a top five defense. The special teams, which is has routinely over the course of the past couple of years been tops in leagues here since Brent Boyer has been here. Um, and, and we also just, we, we need to keep an eye on him also because Brent Boyer is actually going to be a candidate for somebody else's coaching position. We're going to need to be smart about how we handle him also. Um, but, but we, we have in this moment right now, so many questions Sam Darnold and Josh Allen are are vacationing in there, and they're they're working out with Jordan Palmer right now together, um, in the off season. But but as far as I'm concerned, if Sam Darnold isn't giving him the side eye, looking at looking at Josh Allen like this clown, I'm ready to I'm ready to I'm gonna completely uh and, and totally embarrass him every single time that we play him this season. Um, I think that it's wasted time. Um, Sam Darnold, I think, is going to be a better quarterback. Uh, 
than every other quarterback that's in the AFC East as of right now. I do believe right. that. Um, but Josh Allen right now has better. Josh Allen has a better team. Um, the Patriots, they have a better team. Um, Cam Newton, to just to be quite honest with you, may actually be better Sam, better than Sam Darnold at this point in his career, specifically because he has the experience that he has. And Sam is still kind of making bonehead throws, even though Cam does that too. But um, I still think that over over the course of time, I think Sam can actually be better. I think that we may actually end up having a better offensive line situation this season. We'll see how that shakes out also. But um this is going to be this is going to be exciting, CJ. To the point when you say four and two in, in the AFC East of this season, I think that's possible too. I I, I do think I, I do think we split, and I think that we split because nobody has film on anybody. Nobody knows what it is that we're going to do. Um, and then towards the end of the season, when uh, it starts to become a little bit more apparent who is what and what they look like, um, I think that's when we beat some of those teams. Yeah, I completely agree, and this is the reason why. Like when I see people. Uh, both on Facebook and on Twitter and on other sort of social media outlets saying that like the Jets are maybe going to go 5-11, and 11, they're going to go 6-10, and 10, they're going to struggle. I mean, look, if, if, the Jets go, if the Jets were to go 5-11 and 11 or 6-10, and 10, then Adam Gase deserves to be fired. There's no question whatsoever. Because, they, because yeah. with, with this team <sighs> and with this schedule that the Jets are facing... If the Jets want to consider themselves a playoff yeah. contender, okay, hear me out because I see the look on your face. You're getting ready to give me some wisdom. So hear me out, though. If the New York Jets, <laughs> okay, are going to consider themselves a playoff team or ready for the playoffs, then guess what? You have to beat teams like the Seahawks, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. the Oakland Raiders, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. You need to be competitive against these teams. Not have them come into your building. I'm so afraid. I'm so 40. afraid right now. Yeah. Right? Which means I, just, I get it. needs to produce. I, San no, I, I cannot I, I be on it. national television saying, I yeah, see ghosts. Right? Am life. I right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Running for his life. Running for his life. It will run for his life. But see, that that's I, I, I feel you. I just hate the word playoffs when Adam Gase is our head coach. Look, I, I do too, but you that, know that, what? That that, that Until... to me, that that to me, that, that's the it, it, it's the it's the biggest problem that I have. I just again just because I keep saying and, and I said this earlier, I, I think it's really scary for Jets fans to have expectations because Murphy's law basically should be stitched and tattooed into every single one of our hats. Whatever happens or the worst possible <laughs> damn thing that could happen is going to happen when it right. comes to this team. And 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 again, I, I wish I wish I could go with you. And really, I really I believe that we have I'm just afraid of – I'm afraid right now. Playoffs, I feel like I'm going to jinx it if I say – I feel well, like we're going to go to the playoffs. I'm going to jinx it. Here's the reason why gonna, I say go, we, we, go we, need 12, to be, we need to be able to make a playoff push, okay? Because yeah. the, the whole purpose that Adam Gase was brought here was to work with Sam Darnold and to turn the New York Jets into a playoff team. Am I right? Those, those were the yeah, words yeah. of, yeah, of Christopher Johnson during his – during during his hiring process, right? Christopher Johnson didn't. He was interested in winning football yeah. games. He doesn't want to win. He didn't want to win the the media battle, 
right? The Jets all of a sudden, we don't want to win the media battle. We want to win football games. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Here's what here's what <laughs> Joe Douglas did. Okay, Joe Douglas went and spent considerable amount of resources with what he had to rebuild the offensive line, all right? He made smart signings. He made very smart one-year show-me deals. And his rationale for it is if you want to be here for the glory days, then you you need to work your ass off during the rebuilding. Don't just celebrate the glory and have somebody else do all the hard work. Wasn't that pretty much the gist of of what we've been hearing since Joe Douglas has been GM this entire offseason? Because that's the way how I interpreted it. Yeah, that's, that's that's what we heard. Right. So now, I'm also thinking that a conversation has been had between Joe Douglas and Adam Gase behind closed doors. Yeah. Hopefully. That... These are the pieces of the puzzle. I expect you to put them together. And if Adam Gase cannot put the pieces of the puzzle together with a clearly revamped roster that took the field last year, okay, a much better offensive line, which took the field last year. Yes. If he cannot get this offensive unit off the ground, then heads need to roll. Then he needs to go. Period. Then Roggins needs to go. Then Cooter needs to go. And Period. Pollock needs to go. Plain and simple. The entire the entire offensive staff. Right. Um, Your entire offensive offensive right coaching and, and, staff, and, and including the head coach, needs to go. Entirely. And then Entire. either you give the Period. keys to Greg Williams, and you say this is your this is your ship, you drive it, or you make a play for Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some hard questions about that. There's gonna be some hard questions about that, though, CJ. And I mean, and I think because both of them have a little bit of baggage with you know you, you know the 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 talking points that are gonna get uh, thrown around when when it comes time to consider who is gonna be, especially because Rick Williams is so beloved by the fans, but he does have some history with him. Um, and I think that's gonna that it, it's gonna be part of the discussion. Um, the enemy and 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 some of the questions about um, his experience and 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 behind you know Andy Reid and all of that is gonna be there's gonna be some dirt flung on him also. So I don't think it's really as cut and dry as that. But I hope that it is. Those two guys, if it came down to either one of those two guys, honestly, I, I would be happy with the outcome. So um, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we're gonna. I know we're we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about this a little further and then and, uh, I'll save some of the remainder of my comments for uh, how ownership handles some of this stuff also is going to be really important. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I completely agree. So we'll, we'll, with that, let's just go head first into our next segment. You're listening to weapons, hot a New York jets fan broadcast here on the worldwide sports radio network. And also on Sports War Radio. Be sure to follow the show at CNC Jets Factor. Uh, me, CJ the Painkiller D. Simona, Jets Fan 0523. My partner in crime at Spotty Blackman on Twitter. So, as we move over into our second segment now, it really is becoming evident as we get closer and closer to July 28th 
in which everyone is supposed to report for training camp. Training camps is supposed to open. All right? There's been a lot of talk, apparently, about the NFL season being in doubt. And someone has some really, really the, the biggest person right now on behalf of the players who's speaking out is J.J. Watt. And he basically has said that the players want to play, but they feel like that they don't have a clear enough plan being laid out in front of them as to how the NFL is going to handle and dictate protocol during COVID or during this COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm really curious as to what your thoughts are with this. And do you see us having a football season in 2020 or could you see the potential for it being delayed? It's, it's totally up in the air. Um, if, if, if I have to, you know, you know, go into my head, I have to give my own thoughts on this. I think they're going to try it. Um, I think there is a lot of incentive for it to happen, not just uh, uh, economically, business-wise, as far as teams are concerned, but um, for morale, uh, politically, you know, over the course of what's going on with the country right now, I think that uh, there, there will be a big push. Um, I think how issues that come about like like infections and things of that nature how that actually is handled i think that's gonna it's gonna really pay a big part of play a big part in if there is an extent if, if there if we're allowed to have a full season or if we have a few games and then you know um unfortunately we have to shut it down and then you know maybe there end up having to be some sort of uh, hastily, weirdly constructed playoffs, you know, after, you know, uh, uh, who knows really what it's going to be. I'll just be honest. It, there's, the uncertainty is, is, is ridiculous because this is a situation that we've never dealt with before with the COVID-19. It's a situation that obviously uh, the scientists are not ready for because they haven't put a plan in place at this point in time that is able to protect these players specifically. We don't have a vaccine or anything like that. So um, the, the, the danger that these guys are putting themselves in is apparent. It's obvious. Um, and, it, and it's unfortunately, it, it, it can't be avoided if we move forward with it the way that it is. Um, could we have a, could we, uh, or will we attempt to have a season? I believe that we will. Will we have a full season? That's really extremely difficult to say. I don't know. I hope so. Um, but as of right now, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that we will. Um, I believe we're going to have some, but I believe we're going to end up having it shortened um, because at this point in time, we don't have any leadership on what should look like um, contingencies. Uh, if, if difficulties do arise, I don't think we have that. So hopefully fingers crossed, we do have some, just any, um, but the, if I'm being realistic, I, I, I doubt we probably do. Well, I wanted to share this with you because I really think that this is something that we we really need to address. Uh, I want to give credit to Dan Graziano and Kevin Seifert on uh, ESPN's NFL page uh, as they talk about the plan uh, to kickstart the NFL season despite the coronavirus pandemic. And... Just one of the things that that um, Jeff Pash ha- has already come out with, which kind of piqued my a little bit of my interest, was all of our discussions, all of our focus has been on a normal, traditional season, starting on time, playing in front of fans in our regular stadiums, and going through a full 16-game 
regular season and a full set of playoffs. That's our focus. And then what really, really interests me is Dr. Alan Silds, who is the NFL's chief medical officer. Now, one thing about the NFL's chief medical officer, if you go into Webster's Dictionary and you look up the word arrogant, you will see a picture of Dr. Alan Silds (laughs) right next to it, okay? Because the NFL seems to think that it does not matter if there's a global pandemic, if alien, if there's an alien invasion, yeah. if there's some some sort of like natural disaster, okay? Everything's yeah. going to bend to football. According to Dr. Alan Siltz. And this is why I'm I want to read this part to you and see if you find this just as amusing as I do. Okay, Dr. Allen said, the NFL's chief medical officer said recently that the NFL hopes to plow a road for the entire country as it deals with the pandemic. And I quote, I think this is important, not just for the NFL or for professional sports, not even for sports at all levels. Still said at a virtual meeting at the American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine. Another interesting uh, little conference there, but I digress. I think what we are trying to do is find a way to mitigate risk and to coexist (laughs) with the virus. This is really key information for schools, for businesses, and all segments of society. I think we have a unique opportunity, but also a responsibility to use the platform and the resources of the NFL to really study and learn and to take that knowledge and apply it to the benefit of the other segments of society. That is what we plan to do. Now this, if you've gone and read the actual 42-page document that the NFL released on their whole COVID-19 protocol policy, right, (laughs) the the expression on your face just said it all. It's just like, (laughs) what planet do you live on, dude? The NHL so far has probably been the most successful in their quote-unquote bubble format with Hub Cities, and they 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 are going to start playing live games very, very soon, okay? Major League Baseball is going on with their exhibition games right now as we speak with no fans in the stands and constant and routine temperature checks. Highlights. Right. And, and yeah. routine temperature checks, which need to happen because of this COVID-19 pandemic. Where on God's green earth does the NFL think that they're going to be exempt from this? And on top of it, J.J. Watt has already said that he refuses to play with the new NFL face shield helmet. Okay, so how are they going to pull this off? How? Tell me. I said, I don't know. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Uh, uh, again, the, 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 the science is not there right now for it. Uh, the, the, the protocols, the, the safety features built into how it is that these guys need to live is not there. Um, until it is there, I mean, even if we do have 
you know, games, I think we're going to have guys that are going to decide to opt out. Uh, what do they say? You have to opt out in writing by August 1st. So these course, the course of these right. next couple of weeks, it's really going to speak volumes. It's really going to say a lot. Let's see how many people decide um, that, you know, I'm not going to put my family at risk uh, because these guys haven't they haven't got their shit together when it comes to how they're going to protect us. That's the issue. Right. I completely agree. So this is where, again, as much as I think that the NFL does have good intentions, and I really do think in my heart of hearts that a training camp will, in fact, start on July 28th. Okay. The only mm-hmm. thing is, is that how does the NFL de- how is the NFL going to deal with the fact that as soon as training camp opens and as the days progress, the numbers of coronavirus cases or those that test positive are going to increase. It's not going to be foolproof. If the NFL pulls off 25% of their COVID-19 plan that they have, I'll be impressed. I really will. Wow. Because then that'll mean yeah. that they've they've properly instructed and trained their personnel what to look for. Their chief medical officer is overseeing all of this. Which means that now we have an infectious yeah. disease person who is going to be assigned for each and every one of the 32 football <laughs> teams, okay? Who all players right. have to report to, right. regardless whether you test positive or not, for temperature checks, for, for, for routine checks, for questionnaires, everything. Now... Yeah. If all the players get on board with this, okay, mm-hmm. I really think that they can actually pull this off. It'll be I a miracle. Agree. But you know yeah. that not all parts like to play in the sandbox correctly or play to play. No, I, I get that. supposed to. Exactly. I okay? get that. That, that, that kind of the points that you're making, CJ, are really – um, those are intelligent um, solutions for the difficulties, you know, that these guys are going to face. So, you know, that that kind of goes back to the point about me saying that they haven't done anything that they've needed to, to to make sure that these guys are safe. If they did any of that, um, that would make it safe. That would make it uh, if, if, if not uh, easy to at least uh, contain, it would be at least easy to to. Uh, to control that environment enough to keep, you know, even if there are, you know, one or two people that that, that do, you know, uh, come into contact with it, um, it doesn't actually blow and explode and make, uh, you know, every 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 running back uh, in the running back room is now sick. Every, you know, wide receiver in the wide receiver room is now sick. Um, now all, all of the all of the the coaches. Um, who are, you know, during a coach's meeting. Now they're all sick. The players may not be sick. The coaches might be sick. If the coaches do get sick and then they end up, you know, spreading it out to the team, you know, contingencies that they need to have in those cases are what it is that we need to hear from um, them being communicated. And that's what we're not hearing. If they do that, then we're in good shape. And that will give us an opportunity to see this thing spread out. Hopefully they're listening to what it is that you're saying. We need to send a video to this to somebody uh, so they can get it together. Right. I, I, I would totally dig that. That would be awesome. So, I mean, it's just a little bit of common sense. But also, I wanted to get your thought on what if the NFL, to mitigate this, 
in my opinion, increase the roster from 53 to 70. Would you think that that's mm -hmm. a, an acceptable number in case that you do have one team or two teams or three teams that yeah. end up having multiple yeah. cases of patient uh, uh, multiple cases of players testing positive for covid which may now mm -hmm. hamper their ability to be able to field a fully competitive football team yeah, man. what are your thoughts um i personally i i, I personally think that uh the kitchen sink approach um would work best in this situation Right, ninety six um, for the. Yeah, full I, I know. I, yeah, literally, literally, just look, just as much as possible, whatever it is that we can do to ensure not only player safety, but uh, you know, maybe some continuity, maybe. Uh, and and I mean, when I say safety, I don't necessarily just mean from, from the virus in particular. I mean from physical injury because there's going to be less practice because there's less prepare, uh, less prep time. There's you know. Uh, less uh, uh less workout time you know because of some of the some of the other that 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 would arise um so again do as much as possible not only that but um if when you if you expand the roster the way that you're talking about then what it is that you have is more guys have an opportunity to make a name for themselves and that uh, always expands competition and always is a better product for the league so it, it it's a it's a win-win um if they can pull it off all right yeah i could uh, i could live with that because I think that personally, this was something that I had brought up on uh, Courtney Harden's show yesterday, The Real Deal, was the possibility of having yeah. the regular season go through with a full 96-man roster, and then as the playoffs, as we get closer as we get closer to the playoffs, maybe have at the 75% of the season, 75% uh, point of the season, drop it down to 70 because by then maybe the COVID nineteen cases yeah. will have taken a dip, or or will be, will have dropped if we can get that far. Yeah. Right, if we can get that yeah. far out, or play with a full ninety six man roster for the regular season, and then when the playoffs come, you have to have fifty three. Thought so how Major League Baseball does it. Yeah. The the players the players union. Um, I'm sure probably has a, a better idea about how many players they they feel would 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 benefit the teams in this situation. At least I hope they would. Um, the players' association <laughs> some questionable uh, negotiating uh, tactics and 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 some questionable uh, you know ideas about how things should be run. But uh, something like this, I think you know they should be able to go to the players. They should be able to find out exactly what it is that they feel. They should give those opportunities. Um, and and I'll be honest with you. Uh, the, the whole conversation about the salary cap and all of that, I, I kind of think that's a bullshit argument to have just because the, the, the teams, man, it's, I don't, just, let's just put it this way. Regardless of what happens, if there's a season or, or you know, even a, a limited season, these teams are not going to fold. None of these teams are going to, you know, cease to exist and, 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 and uh, go out of business. None of these teams are, are going to do that. These guys are billionaires. They know exactly what it is they're doing. So all this conversation about the salary cap and players should take less money because of, you know, the team. I, I, I think that's a bullshit argument. Um, I think what they should do is they should recognize that 
no team is going to be good without their players and that these guys are the ones that are assuming all the risk. They need to go ahead and put this shit together and let these guys get back out to doing what it is that we need to do. But they need to do it smart. They need to speak to the people that they need to get it done to make it happen because the guys want to play. They just need to know that, uh, you know, that the teams recognize the importance and the value that they uh, bring to the table and that, uh, you know, they're going to do something about it. Um, to J.J. Watt's point, I think when, when you said that he's the one that's been talking about it, I think he made um, all of the necessary uh, uh, touch points available to anybody that has any questions. That really should be it. Let's get it going. We need football. Well, we want football. I'm not going to say we need anything. We want football. I know. Mm-hmm. And speaking of football, it is now time for one of the one of my <laughs> favorite parts of the show. <laughs> This is where it. It. it is now time for the Emmy Award nominated section of the show. <laughs> Hosted by yours truly. It's time for Kevin Jackson to take us in the I spotlight. It. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Kevin Jackson. Spotty, who do we got in the spotlight today? Talk to me. All right. Uh, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but in the spotlight tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, Woody Johnson. Just follow me on this. OK, um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on uh, as far as the COVID-19 There's a lot going on as far as player personnel is concerned, uh, illness and, and contracts and, and all of these different things. Um, and a lot has been said about how this team in particular has handled not only uh, the GM situation, the coaching situation, um, how it is that we're going to handle COVID situation going forward, teams and all the other things. Something that I think um, is going to be playing an extremely integral part in how all of this shakes out going forward is going to be Woody Johnson. Um, Chris has been here. Chris has done some things that we kind of lauded and we applauded him and we thought, you know, maybe he could handle it. Then he's done some things that just made you think, who the hell is this guy and why is it that even Woody, who we've all, you know, taken shots at in the past, Woody would leave this guy in charge, right? So um, I think Woody coming back at, at, at some point is going to have to happen, but Woody is also going to have to be involved with some of the decision-making process going forward because I don't think Chris – um, is there on that level to be able to do that without Woody's input. Woody Johnson is going to have a, a direct impact on what goes on with uh, Sam Donald's contract. I think Woody Johnson is going to have a direct and, and, and hopefully um, intelligent uh, impact on what happens with Adam Gase in his situation going forward. Woody Gase, uh, oh, excuse me, Woody, Woody uh, Johnson is... Um, is is a, as big an X factor uh, off the field as I think uh, Chris Herndon and what the offensive line is going to do on the field next season. Uh, Woody Gase is, in, uh, uh, I keep saying Woody Gase because I think those two are tied. I think Woody Johnson right now um, is really going to be. Woody's going to be a guy that we have to keep our eyes on. We have to keep our eyes on this guy because what he does is going to directly impact. Um, what is right now, unfortunately, kind of a, a volatile and a shaky situation just because of the uncertainty that we have with the biggest decisions that we're going to make, our head coach and, and our, our quarterback. So uh, Woody Gates is in the spotlight this week. Uh, CJ, I, I know uh, it, it may seem like uh, 
you know, it, it might be something random to think about, but I think it's a little closer than what it is that, you know, maybe we're thinking that it is. What do you think? Am, am, am I way off base with this? one? No, not at all. I think that um, Woody Johnson is going to have a very difficult decision to make at the end of this season if this, well, if the season goes sideways, let me, let me rephrase this. If the season goes sideways, Woody Johnson's decision should be as crystal clear as glass. Okay? Adam Gase did not do what he was hired to do, which was field, which was get this team competitive again and to the playoffs. And I think that any person outside of Woody Johnson with a functional brain cell, okay, can see that the issues on this team are not defensive. They are offensive. Has nothing to do with Sam Donald's inability to get the ball to his weapons. It does not have to do with our wide receiving core and not being able to catch passes from Sam Donald. But if our offensive line doesn't hold doesn't hold up, if in critical third and short situations, your key players that you need, like Le'Veon Bell, are not getting the ball to help to move the chains, then there's a problem. If you have a head coach that's not using the best weapons on the football team in order for him to get a win week in and week out, then there should be yeah. questions. And the struggle. Right. So I will rewind back to a point that I made earlier in the show with Joe Douglas <laughs> talking yeah. to Adam Gase behind closed doors. He has given him a moderately upgraded roster. It is up to Adam Gase to put the pieces of this very complex puzzle together and to pick and make a competitive football team out of it. And if he is not the man to do it, then Joe Douglas should be given the freedom, the, the freedom to choose who should do it. Because if you notice, Joe Douglas got a longer contract than Adam Gase. So, which leads me to believe that people could say, well, Adam Gase got Joe Douglas the job. They're they're connected at the hip. No. I think at any time, if this ship is going sideways and Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson are as committed to winning as they say, and if they know that this ship is going sideways, yeah. and Adam Gase is the reason why, because yeah. of shoddy play calling, because of poor personnel management, then he needs to yeah. be shut the door. I agree. Um, I, I I think that it this, this, part of part of what it is that I think the difficulty with this team is that we really don't know what's going on internally. And that was a that was something that we, we talked about a few years back as being a good thing, being something that uh, oh, hey. <laughs> being something that, that, uh, that we, we kind of had some questions about. And, and, and yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Um, but that in particular is, uh, I, I think, it's going to be a really big question about how it is that we proceed going forward. So, um, as as impactful as this will be. Um, Woody, I think, is 
think he, he, Woody might have his his finger on the scale a little bit in in in, in terms of uh, uh, if. If Joe Douglas is going to have the the ability to to go ahead and pull the trigger when he needs to, that's what it is that I'm a little bit worried about. Yeah, we gave we gave Joe the 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 contract leverage, but is Woody gonna gonna step in and be able to stop something like that from even happening? Even if we even though we've given Joe, I guess what that little inch more than what it is that Adam Gase might have. Here's the other added caveat: Joe Douglas has three Super Bowl rings. That's three more than anybody else in that building. So yeah. I think that if there is yeah. anybody who Woody Johnson should be listening to, it's Mr. Joseph Douglas, the mountain. Facts. Facts. Okay. So, Facts. ladies and gentlemen, this is going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. Jax, this has been an awesome show. Outstanding. It really has been. So, it has. We're gonna, I'm going <laughs> to do a little bit more about my lighting over here. I got, I got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just glad I could see you this week. So, ladies and gentlemen, right. you want to follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime on the other side of the board over there, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Shoot the show an email at weaponshotpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on Sports War Radio, SoundCloud.com, and most importantly, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I also would like to thank the show's sponsor, StatementGames.com. Be sure to go and check them out. Be sure to go to Worldwide Sports Radio Network and like on their page, subscribe, and you will get alerts whenever Weapons Hot or other programs on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network go live on your feed and that's what you need to do ladies and gentlemen here we go so for mr kevin jackson for statementgames.com the worldwide sports radio network this is cj the painkiller d simone signing off for tonight we will see you guys when we see you guys peace love go jets and just wait till next week because we've got some surprises in store for all of you Have a great night, folks. Thank you. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.